This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Wage Brains Unite. It's the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Welcome. You made it. You made it. You know, we're just being real, man. You know, the realest podcast out there in the game. We're working class. Just a bunch of hardworking dudes. Keep it real. And so are you. Getting getting you through your day, I hope. We drink beers. We're just drinking beers. We're being real. You know? We're just like you. We're just, we're relatable. <laughs> you know? We're just, we're going to bring you on the journey on our show here, and we're just being real. We're about you, the working class hunter. Come along on this journey. We hope you enjoy it. We're not like every other hunting show. Nah, we're, dude. We're different. Nah, man. We're edgy. Yeah, that's right. See, I'm doing the rock and roll signs with my hands. <laughs> we cuss. <laughs> that's right. We're like Pigman over here. Hell yeah. Yeah, shooting stuff out of helicopters dude. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Working Class Boner Podcast. What we do here. Get comfortable. Grab a beer if you're at work. Some badass dudes. Pour a beer in a cup and drink it. Don't let your boss see it, you know? Man, shit's getting Western. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, this really is the Working Class Boner Podcast. We're glad you made it. We appreciate you understanding our sarcasm. And uh, just, we don't know what we do with this show, but we're glad that you're listening. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh Currently, we have some new t-shirts at workingclassbowhunter.com. We have our own thermos seats. We have... We have a new stocking cap on the way. We have new hats on the way. We're trying to like change it up. Um, yeah. I, I think the Go Shoot Your Bow shirts and the Trip and Do a 150 shirts are going to be phasing out, and we're going to be bringing new stuff in. We're going to try and keep that pattern rocking and just kind of keep something fresh. Out the old I like that new lid you're wearing right now. That's pretty slick. I'm, I'm calling this our flagship hat. Mm-hmm. It's an all-black Richardson, black mesh, black front panels, Lime green embroidery, just our logo. Clean. Clean and sharp. Just, you know. Clean and sharp. And it pops, man. It, it goes pops. exceptionally well with our new logo hoodies. I mean, I would buy it. You should. I might have to. I'm going to get that for show. For show. Um, in studio is myself, Kurt Geyer. Doug Schmidt. 
Austin Chandler. And we have a guest host from Team Working Class in the studio, Chaz, simply known as Chaz. What up, what up? Hey, Chaz. do you feel offended that the that town in Oregon kind of like jocked your name? Mm, slightly at first, but it's it's whatever now. Because it's because the town's gone. Yeah, town's or gone. The, the <laughs> not, country non-existent anymore. Who knows right. what's happening? <laughs> I, I I didn't. I never put two and two together until I, I said. Yeah, it. just when you said, it, I was like, oh, damn, mm. Chaz. You weren't there, were you? Or oh, they kind of named it out for me. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> they had a you're the founding you, father you of the, Chaz. You were the king. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, let's get through some business real quick, and then we'll learn a little bit more about Chaz, the person, not the country. <laughs> R.I.P. Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird person. <laughs> what a weird time we live in. So strange. Um, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports and also brought to you by Scent Crusher. And why I mentioned them in the same plug is that's, because that's weird. Why'd you do that? Because right now we are basically we're trying to get you to subscribe to our YouTube because we're going to be bringing more stuff down the pipe on our YouTube, more video stuff uh, coming into 2021. Um, we're a podcast, but that's kind of a fun thing to like kind of open our horizons a bit. Um, no, we are not a big video production. We're just putting it out like we want to. So we never will be. Yeah, we never will be. So that is putting a different spin on it. We're being honest. But right now, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and show us on our Facebook post or Instagram post that you subscribed or reshared on Instagram in your story, we are drawing three prizes, a HHA Tetra site, a scent crusher gear bag, and a working class swag pack. Damn. Hmm. So three winners. That's a hell of a deal. Three winners. Yeah. So. Support us. Are you going to subscribe, Austin? I already did. Oh, wow. I actually had to Chaz? jump through all the hoops of logging in through my bullshit phone. and uh, So, yeah, I did it just for you guys. Good work, man. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> you yep, subscribe? I did it too. Yep, done. Okay. There it is. We're good. <laughs> now it's checked. Uh, podcast. Now that's checked. It's also brought to you by Loophold. We're all rocking the 10 by 42s Thermoseat. Code WCTS on Thermoseat's website. Save yourself some coin or go to our website and get a working class Thermoseat. Uh, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, Elite Archery, Big Time, Old Barn Taxidermy. Mm. Just had mm. some deer sticks yesterday. Delicious. Yeah. I have yet to try those. You guys are holding out on me. I, I know. I, got, I ate them. <laughs> <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, they're pretty easy. To, Oops. <laughs> disappear on you. They're really good. I'll, I have to take your word for it. Jalapeno cheddar. I'll have to go like back honey there. barbecue. I'll have to drop oh, a dough. Those. I'll have to drop a dough and bring it over there and get my own made since I can't get any from you guys. Hey, I ate mine on accident. <laughs> Oops. Oops. I lost mine. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, man. We really appreciate all of you. Um, a shit ton. It's pretty cool to support the working class. Um, really, that just means they're about it. Like they know, they know the people that use their their products and use yeah. their brand and support their brand and. Um, not saying that high end white collar hunters don't, but uh, I think we're the majority. That's probably fair, right? I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I'd agree with it. Okay. Well, I think we, we do have a veteran shout out, and we have an unpopular opinion segment uh, coming down the pipe once we get our phone in guest on. But we do have a guest host, uh, simply known as Chaz. And uh, I want to know about your season, man. How's it been? It uh wasn't bad i'm hunting somewhere opening day i had to shoot a doe before i could shoot a buck and An earn a buck program yep yes sir you're um, an iowa boy for the record iowa, yep nice doug eric and i well i mean it's all right you guys do okay for they need all the help they can get this year that's for sure i mean yeah. austin and Kurt are both done already with two bucks each and so is ross <laughs> with a 200 inch. Well, yeah everyone's just 
beating me up. Just bodying you guys. <laughs> Dude, yeah. You're getting messages from people all the time. Just giving me shit. <laughs> Doug, what's up? <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Chaz, you'll be getting... It's well, funny, no, though. You, you're... I don't mind. Continue. It. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Yeah, I'm done. I, I, I hunted that Saturday, whatever that was, October 3rd, whatever the first Saturday the season was, and I, I had, had hung a stand and get up in my stand and... I'm like, who hung this stand? My shots are to my left, and I got a gravel road to my left. So <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to shoot this doe, and next thing I know, I got one in front of me. No. So I, on, on the road? No, to, that, that to my been, right. That would have been awesome. <laughs> so I unclipped, turned all the way around in my tree, and my peep didn't rotate right. And I thought I put a good shot on her, and I ended up putting it back a little bit and came out her front, uh, front right between her leg and chest and dropped her. So it was... Money. It worked out to be okay. We actually ran back towards the road. <laughs> that never happens. I drove my truck right to her and threw her in there. And I was, I had a doe down within an hour the first day I was out. So Jesus, I, I can't damn. complain. That's the way to get to work to get that buck tag rocking. So. That's cocky right there. That is cocky. That is cocky. You're like, I'm going to shoot her here so she turns and runs into the road and just back up. See, that's great. Up. Like, I don't mind a good blood trail on a doe, but you kind of want to, like, ninja, like, quick and clean, get low out pressure. In and out. In and out. The meat, you know, you get the meat in to Smith or uh, Smith's is good. They're local, but yep. Old Barn, mm-hmm. and get your uh, your your deer sticks. Yeah, Smith's is right down the road here. Yeah. We go to Smith's too. Make it but, easy, uh, but Old Barn though. Yeah, but Old Barn, <laughs> but Old Barn. How about that Old Barn? <laughs> no, both great places actually. Um, but yeah, dude, that's you can't beat that. No, I I don't ever. It, it's not supposed to happen like that. It, it that's never happens like that. Hey, take it when it happens like that, though, yep. man. Count my blessings there. So big old nanny. Yep, and then uh, I hunted hard, hunted hard, did a lot of hanging and banging, um, learned a lot this year, ended up shooting a buck on November 11th, a friend of mine, I told him, hey, pick a spot for me to go hunt, and do you send it to me just on randomly? Onyx? Yeah, just randomly, I, he knew I was in the, Man, that's really was. cocky. and uh, I said, go in, hey, pick a spot, he drew lines, told me where to go, I didn't get back as far as what he wanted me to go in, it was it was too thick, I got in a fight with a couple thorn bushes, and yeah, yeah and quit but uh found a, <laughs> found a good spot and trails everywhere and hung my stand and watched the buck come in i was actually texting eric at the time we were going back and forth and he's like start grunting at him he'll come back to you so he's across the creek just beating up on some bushes and some trees and i'm grunting and it gets silent and he came back and well i thought it was him and i had unclipped from the tree he went behind me and unclipped from the tree turned all the way around as soon as he stepped out i shot him Realized it wasn't the same deer I was looking at earlier. <laughs> Bad timing, but Old switcheroo. Still. Little excitement. Yes, I was full of excitement. I was happy. It's, I shot a deer exactly four years ago, uh, November 11th. So I was sick and tired of eating tag soup. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. That's, That's awesome, awesome, man. Hell yeah. yeah. The, the drag out was horrible. It was, it was thick, and my buddy Todd was up there hunting with me, and he helped me drag it out, and we actually went 180 degrees in the wrong direction, got on the trail, and. Didn't realize we turned right and went all the way back in a circle. So no was, shit, <laughs> that was a fun drag out. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> no, dead serious. It was horrible. I bet, I bet some words were said. <laughs> it was yes, horrible. <laughs> it was ho- like I left my backpack and a flashlight pointing in the right direction on where we were supposed to go, and next thing I know, I'm like, that's not where we're supposed to go. Oh, oh shit! So luckily, early in the day, I took Onyx and drew a trail in and out of there, and we were able to pick up <laughs> enough service and find our way out of there. But Oof. it. It gets pitch black in the woods. It's it was it's unbelievable, dude. That is, can you imagine? Damn it! Can you imagine packing out like an elk and oh doing one God. giant loop through the mountains? You're like, yeah, we're gonna die. And your buddy's <laughs> just following. You're like, uh, you're gonna hate me. 
But uh, hey, we gotta go that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's payback for the dough being quick and clean yep. and simple, huh? Oh, that's yep. true. Made me earn it. it hey, was, that's all right though. I mean, that's it was, awesome. It was probably about a quarter mile drag out, but it was all uphill, and it was. I don't want to do it again. I definitely paid for making that dough easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of those stories make for the best. Like, it's not as cool in the moment. But like later, you and your buddy will talk about that forever. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like the drag outs that suck the most ass are the most memorable. Oh. It's like, what do they call that? Like suck, secondhand fun? Yeah. It's not fun at all. Not fun in the moment. But it's fun later when you're like having a drink with your boys or when you're telling it on a podcast and you're yeah. like, yep, we're idiots, but that was fun. I Looking had, back. I did something like that by myself with the dough on a deer cart. I went through these thick pines. I thought I'd take a shortcut, and I got turned around, and we actually went back past my stand. <laughs> and I was like, where the fuck am I? And then my buddy called me, and he came, and he honked his horn. And, I, and I heard, when I heard it, I was like, I am I am so far back. Like, I have no idea where I'm at. So I had to – I actually ended up losing a tire on the car because I was so pissed off dragging it out. But I went and found it again, so we're good. It took, like, me two hours to get out of there. Man. It was a bad day. Man, oh man! Secondhand fun, though, right? Secondhand fun. <laughs> hey, I'm not the only idiot. That's yeah, what it dude, trust like. me. I got pretty lucky this year. I did, they died like pretty reasonably for me. Yeah, it, you did actually get really lucky. You smoked them. My doe. Well, that coyote kind of fucked me. Like, the coyote uh, that attacked my doe after I shot it. Like she was like, dude, money. I'm, I'll pull right up into this point, drag her right out, and I'm sitting there, and she gets he he bumped her up, and she ran back down to me, then died. I'm like, motherfucker. Come on, man. Like, all, all, come on, man. Come on, man. All the way back here, you know? <laughs> Whatever. Um, cool, man. Well, glad to have you on the podcast. Congrats on the killer season. Thanks for having me. It's, yeah, congrats. It was fun. I like all the support, and yeah, I'm learning a lot from everybody on team, so it's it's nice. Yeah, team working class. You've been a supporter of ours from, I mean, fuck, for a while now. Yeah, so. two or three years now, I I fell in love with you guys basically the first time I ever listened to you. So appreciate that. Man. I, I knew we were going to be friends. Cool, man. <laughs> it's glad to have you. Um, we, we can tell this story real quick before we get our guest on. Um, and we might have told it on the podcast before. But remember when we were in um, Bloomington for the we, so the Illinois Deer and Beer Fest is in Bloomington every year. I don't know if Chandler, you were here on this. I missed the Deer and Beer Fest. I accidentally dropped change. On a girl. Oh. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't throw change at her. I think we know where this is going. So we're, I would say tossed. I, uh, like, if she had a, a guitar case in front of her, I would have made it. You would have made it. Or a cup. But she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but she was sitting like she should have. Do you know what I mean? So we were what we It was a setup, basically. Illinois Deer and Beer Fest. The show gets over. We go downtown to get a few drinks and just see the nightlife a little bit. Check out the city. It's kind of fun to do when you're in a new mm-hmm. area. And it was the first weekend that ISU, Illinois State University, had – it was the first weekend that everyone was back at school. Yeah. So everyone was out partying the first weekend back. And we didn't realize that till we were out. And we're like, why is – this is insane out here, you know? And we were walking from one bar to another because we were looking more for that hole-in-the-wall type vibe, yeah. I guess. I don't know what we were looking for. We are looking for a good cold beer. And we're walking – from one shithole bar to another, and there is this chick sitting on the curb like she was like a bum, kind of. And I get – there's a joke that my buddy Tyler, anytime he has change in his pocket, he throws it on the ground because he can't – he hates the feeling. <laughs> like he was in Canada for work, and he had all these loonies and toonies in his pocket, like $1 and $2 coins, and he had a bunch of them in his pocket. And he said – he and so this is like where this whole stems from with me. 
He said he pulls all these all this change out of his pockets, all one and two dollars. He goes, Does anybody fucking want these? This is stupid. And some guy's like, Dude, there's like forty bucks there. And he's like, I don't give a fuck, take it. If you don't take it, I'm throwing it away. And so <laughs> he just hates having it in his pocket. And ever since anytime I have change in my pocket, I feel that way. So I'm like, I'm gonna get rid of this. And it just was perfect timing, I guess. Bad timing for her, great timing for me. Um <laughs> Good time for everybody. I really. threw change down like she needed it. She didn't appreciate that. She got mad at me. If looks could kill, he'd uh, he wouldn't be here any longer. <laughs> and for some reason, the timing of it and just ungrateful the situation. That's what I said. I threw like forty five cents at her. Jesus. And it was probably honestly a couple bucks worth of change. Yeah, she was just sitting on her phone. And uh, but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like when she looked up, I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, I think we all kind of cried from laughter when we got to the end of the block after I knew we were in the safe zone. While we're on the change thing, does anybody still have the old school parents that like pull through the McDonald's drive through and get count out exact yes. change, like hand them $4 bills and like 37 cents yep. and change? That God, that shit drives me nuts. I'm like, dad, get a fucking debit card. <laughs> like, just use the debit card. <laughs> I I appreciate that that change if you do it quickly i understand cash is king but if you're gonna sit there and count it out yeah let's speed it up a little bit now i feel like it's rude if you use cash or change because it's like dirty money in a pandemic i feel like you get judged true i could see that in most places in illinois change shortage you guys Mm -hmm. see that yeah yep so it's like i don't want to ever take cash with me which is stupid because i get behind the guy counting out change i'm like hey Dude, don't well, get the guy, the guy oh, the buying lottery tickets with a check. check. Yeah, the checks. Oof. Checks right. I'm bad crazy. about checks. I'm a farmer, so that's just like I well, got to write a check for everything. Still I, I guess people are Casey's? making fun of me too. Hey, whatever. Anyway, pointless story, but I just thought it was funny. Um, God, that was I didn't I feel bad about it until you guys were like, you threw change at her. I'm like, I didn't throw change at her. I dropped change. It was just And it just rolled to her. <laughs> it was more like a toss. <laughs> it was funny. She should have been sitting there. She shouldn't have been by herself anyway. It was kind of like, hey, take this money and go find your friends. It's dangerous. I can only imagine what she told her friends. I don't care. Some guy just threw change at me. She was probably anti-hunter anyway, and that ain't a lie. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. On to the podcast. You probably needed that. All right. On the phone, we have our boy from Texas, Phil Murray. What's up, dude? What's going on? How are you guys doing? We're not bad, man. It's too bad. Feels good to be drinking some beer and, and podcasting now. So how's the southern life? It's not too bad. The weather's good, you know, it never gets too cold down here, so it's not it's it's just good right now. How's the COVID situation in Texas? Does anybody give a shit down there or is it about like everywhere else? Yeah, I think it's about like everywhere else, right? Um, but it depends on who you are, I guess. Um I I work and live in a pretty liberal area of Texas which is probably the only liberal area of Texas. So probably a little more here than everywhere else. Which, what area is that? Just outside of Austin. Yeah, because I heard everybody from California is pretty much going to Austin. Yeah, I mean, you saw Joe Rogan just moved here. So, I mean, they're coming in herds right now. So it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, they, what's that saying? Don't, don't take what you left with you and pretty much right. don't make that yeah. new area what, what you right. left in the first place because then you're just yeah. going backwards. But. Yeah, how is, yeah, don't turn Texas into California. Right. How how does the outlook on that in your guys' area? I, oh, I don't think I don't think you're ever going to change Texas. Texas has been conservative, you know, forever, and uh, they kind of bleed red down here. So everything's bigger in Texas. 
That's right. <laughs> God bless Texas. Well, it's, right. tell what? us a little bit about you. I mean, you're you're on team working class. We mentioned that, and um, I mean, you've been a supporter of ours, and you kind of all you joined our family, and it's been great since. You know, like we we haven't thought about you know cutting you off or anything like that. So, right, <laughs> you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. So yeah, I just live just outside of Austin. Um, I actually work for the Austin Fire Department full time. That's what I do for a living. Um, and then I'm in the National Guard. Uh, the Texas Army National Guard there part-time. So that's what I do for a living. I've lived here for about 12 years. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Missouri uh, chasing those Midwest whitetails. And then uh, the military kind of brought me to Texas. And then whenever I got out of the active duty and I just kind of stayed down here in Texas, um, it offered, you know, a lot of potential down here. So kind of stuck it out down here. Got a wife, two kids, and Kind of living the dream down here, chasing whitetails and hunting hogs, and then make my make my Midwest trips every year. So, yeah, it's kind of best of both worlds. Uh, what do you think yeah. you like better as far as hunting life goes, Texas or Missouri? Or oh, I tell you right, if I had to give up anything, it'd be the it'd be Texas. I, I would I'll never you know never give up hunting Missouri. Uh, there's okay. just something about the Midwest in you know in November that there is nothing better. Than hunting whitetails in the Midwest, hands down. Yeah, I can see that. I just didn't know with like some of the extra things to hunt and like the weather, yeah. like if that would win you over for for Texas hunting. You know what I mean? Like we always think of Texas, we think oh, like hogs and big wide Texas bucks yeah. and and stuff right. like that from up here. Yeah, I mean Texas, of course, everybody tells you it's a target rich environment, and it is. I shoot probably more animals in one year than most people get to shoot in 10 years, you know? Uh, <laughs> awesome. so, so, but don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's different, but there's nothing that compares to Midwest whitetails in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you think you have that outlook though? Because you grew up in Missouri and that's just like, kinda, I think so. And, yeah. Yeah. If sense. you grew up down here and, uh, you know, you may see it a little different, but, uh, God, I ble- I bleed the Midwest and, uh, uh, I miss Casey's every day, and I miss uh, <laughs> hanging out with my buddies up there. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I mean, before we get uh, rocking too far here, um, you said you had a veteran shout-out you wanted to put on. I do, yeah. Yeah, I've been in the military for a long time. I could probably fill up your veteran shout-outs for, for a year. But uh, I want to shout-out one of my one of my best friends. His name is uh, Caleb Jeffers. Uh, we grew up together. We actually lived together before we both joined the service. Um he was a smarter one of us, too. He joined the Air Force, and I joined the Army. So he's currently serving with the Missouri Army National Guard. He's a first sergeant uh, with the 139th Aircraft Maintenance Squadron of the 139th Airlift Wing. He deployed to uh, Kuwait in 2012 with Operation Enduring Freedom. So he's got to deploy deploy once, and he's one of my great buddies, and I just want to give him a shout-out on the podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for your service, Caleb. Thanks for your service, Caleb. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you. That's awesome, man. And thank you for your service, man. That that's awesome. Especially yeah, thanks, being Bill. a full time firefighter. That's badass. Yeah, dude. I love I love being a firefighter. It's the best job in the world, man. And then uh I still serve my country on the side. You know, I did did a deployment to Iraq with active duty and then I did a deployment with the guard to uh Egypt. So I've got to see both sides of the both sides of the spectrum, the full-time military stuff and then the part-time stuff too. So, yeah, I wouldn't downplay it, man. Like, you know, you said, you just said serving your country part-time, but you're not though. Like you're serving here right. being a firefighter. So I, you know, I definitely wouldn't downplay it like that because you're a hero all the time in somebody's eyes, you know? So 
Yeah, I love it. It's so much fun, man. It's there's no better job in the world. I can guarantee you that. That's cool, man. That is cool. I I I don't have the stones. I think to do something. Yeah, like that'd that. be a, it'd be a good job on days, but it'd be a tough job on other days. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, very cool, man. Thanks for your service, uh, both in the in the fire department and in the military. Appreciate it. You the man, Phil. You the man. I'm gonna take a drink for you. Cheers, <laughs> Phil. We'll we'll drink for you, Phil. Cheers. Are you yes, drinking? Sir. Oh yeah. What are you drinking? Right. Well, I've got some bush lights with me, but I also have some uh, Lining Kugels summer, summer shandies. So you are a Midwestern guy, huh? Nice. Oh hell yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna play the jingle because normally I play the jingle for my phone for the unpopular opinion segment. Um, but I'm just gonna read it. <laughs> um, oh, where the hell is it? Um, Damn, I lost my... Uh... Which one are we doing? Oh, the Food Plots one. So here's the unpopular opinion segment. And we'll just... Uh, we won't time this one. We'll just kind of do a roundtable on what we think about okay. it. Uh, Benjamin Polly writes, Dear working class bow hunter. He doesn't say that. Uh, food Plots are the same as baiting. Not my opinion, he says. Food Plots are the same as baiting. I would say that is an unpopular opinion. And we'll start with our Texas guest, and we'll perfect lay it out, man. Uh, yeah, so so in Texas we bait. I mean that's just it's legal here, so we do it. And uh, so food plots are baiting. I mean I think they're one and the same in a sense, right? So deer are coming to bait, or they're coming to food sources to eat, right? So it's the same same concept. Um, should one be legal over the other? I don't, I mean, that's on your state to uh, decide, but um, I'm for both, right? I hunt I hunt bait in Texas, but when I go to the Midwest, I'm hunting, you know, food sources or bedding, either one, you know, so um, I don't think either is a bad thing. I think if it's legal in your state, do it, and more power to you. Very fair. Hard to argue with the answer. Well, the Lord. Oh man, put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> you knew it was I, coming. Well, I'm from Illinois, so we can't bait. Um, I can see both sides of this story. Uh, I could say food plots require a little more work, but I, I've talked to guys that bait, and I know the work that goes into that as well. Um, can be expensive, can be time consuming. Uh, the food plot thing, you kind of have to be a step ahead of the game and do your work months ahead of time. So I feel like there's a little more preparation on the food plot side of things. Um, I don't know. That's There's effort that's required for both of them. And in the end, the, the goal is the same. You're bringing the animal to a food source. But I definitely don't think that uh, it just seems I don't want to say that I don't want to take anything away from feeding because that's the way a lot of guys hunt. Yeah. And. I'm getting ready to go on an out-of-state trip here to Ohio pretty soon, and baiting is going to be one of the ways that we locate a big buck. So yep. I'm not against it. It's just I'm not used to it. Uh, yeah. I've never, you know, yeah. never been around it. For sure. It's fair. Chaz. I'm from Iowa. We're allowed to supplemental feed, but food plots, I'm not – I don't know much about them, and I'm not a farmer. I've tried to plant a couple of them. They haven't, haven't worked out very well. But I agree with uh, Lord Chandler over here. I feel like the food plots might require a little bit more effort, a little bit more time management as far as getting it in earlier, frost seeding or everything like that. But if it's legal in your state, by all means, you do you. Fair. Mm. 
I guess I kind of agree. I mean, if your state allows it, go for it. But to say that's the same as a big food plot, I mean, I don't agree with that. Like, the deer come out from anywhere. I mean, depending on how big your food plot is, I guess. Yeah. But I think food plot is farming and baiting is baiting. Now, yeah, am I ba- against I it? Baited, so I don't know. But. Am I against it? No. I don't, say I don't give a fuck. I think if you bait in Illinois, it's like, ah, maybe not. Maybe don't do that. You know, like that's not that's not right. There's some issues with that. If you're in Texas or Ohio where it's legal, I'm, okay, whatever. That's do your thing. thing. Do your thing. I don't think that food plots are baiting though. I think it's farming. It's uh, it's concentrated farming. Now hunting over a pit cornfield and you a gleaner pick the field and you got full cobs all over the <laughs> fucking place. That's fucking baiting. <laughs> that's baiting because it's a gleaner. You should have known better. You yeah. knew what you were doing when you bought that combine. I'm just kidding. If I was a DNR officer and I seen a gleaner broke down on the field, I'm definitely checking some licenses. Writing some baiting tickets. <laughs> yeah, there's shit going down. Listen, you got a gleaner. You're a hunter. I see. I see you're standing there knowingly. You knew that thing was going to be spraying gold <laughs> out the back. <laughs> if I go out there, I could probably pick up. Bushels of corn, all that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> gleaner harvest, you baiting. Knock the corn over, basically. You're done. <laughs> Anything else? Farming, pile of bait, baiting. So, hopefully that helps everybody out. And uh, <laughs> there you go. Unpopular opinion segment. Food plots are baiting. There you go. Um, whatever. <laughs> Any way we can turn that into a gleaner joke um, is a win in my book. Um <laughs> So that was a good one. Adam. Let's talk hunting, man. So you you prefer the November Midwest mornings over a good Texas morning? Yep, hundred percent. You know the weather's different. The the deer just act different. I feel like, and uh, man, don't get me wrong. You can't beat Texas hunting, but you also can't beat the Midwest in November. So right. What's your favorite thing about hunting Texas for whitetails? What's my favorite what thing about hunting whitetails in Texas? Oh, there's just so many of them. It's, I mean, it's, there's so many whitetails down here, especially out in the area I hunt that it, I mean, you always have a good hunt for the most part. You never, you're never sitting there not seeing deer, you know? And do you see the caliber of bucks that you might see in Missouri or is it? That's what I was going to ask. What kind of deer are you targeting down there? So you got to think I'm, I'm more in central Texas, so we definitely don't have the uh, caliber caliber deer that you're used to seeing like on some of the tv shows the south texas deer you know just giant giant whitetails we don't really have that in the hill country we do i mean we do get anomalies every once in a while like i mean i'm sure you guys saw that i posted that deer that was shot this year on our ranch you know scored in the 170s but that beat our previous record by almost 20 inches Mm. so so the before that the biggest deer ever killed on our ranch was uh low low 50s it was and we've had two deer ever killed in the fifties. And then we had that, that big one killed this year. So a good, a good hill country buck where we're hunting is, you know, one thirties, one forties. So, yeah, I mean, that'll do though. That's I mean, pretty that's, good, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you're getting into that yeah. sizable buck size, you know, especially in Texas, a Southern state, not the Midwest range, but right. uh, <clears throat> so do you think you put most of your effort into your Midwest trips when you come up here? Yeah. So, you know, I save a lot of my vacation time for, for coming up there. And I, last year I kind of came in late October and I mean, I, I was successful. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't see the caliber of bucks that I was looking for. You know, I passed some, some good younger deer. And then, uh, you know, this year I, 
I try to, I try to, I knew I was a little early last year, but it just worked out with my schedule better. And then this year I was able to get up there in early November, really, really hit the, hit the, you know, the early onset of the rut. So it worked out perfect this year. Hell yeah, man. So let's talk about, let's, let's talk about the buck. Let's, let's get into some deets here. Yeah. Tweet the deets. Yeah. So, I so I left Texas and I made my way up. Um, you know, I got a wife and two kids, so I try not to make the 12 hour drive straight. I kind of broke it up. We stopped in Oklahoma city for a night and then we made our way up. I got up to Missouri on the, on November 2nd. Um, and I've got a stand set up right behind my parents' house. My parents, you know, farmers, you know, they got a lot of row crop and we used to raise cattle. They don't raise cattle anymore, but so I, I literally got there at like two in the afternoon. I got all my stuff out of the truck, showered up real quick, and dude, I headed into the stand right behind my parents' house, and uh, and uh, got in the stand and ended up on the first hunt in Missouri. I ended up shooting. I shot, shot a doe that night. You know, a lot of people are like anti shooting does, you know, early on in the rut. But <laughs> yeah. I had already seen, you know, most of the deer we had on camera that night, so I was like, nothing's coming. So I was gonna start the trip trip out right and and shot a doe on the very first night so that was that was pretty cool right off the rip man we got two first day doers in here because uh chad's yeah. got a doe opening day of season here pretty much so yep efficient and then, uh so then the next morning uh, the next morning i just i went to a stand where i wasn't planning on seeing a bunch of deer and i didn't even see a deer the next morning it was uh november 3rd didn't even see a single deer and then uh and i had planned to go to an area where i wasn't I don't like sneaking into areas in the mornings. I'd rather like go midday, hang a stand and then hunt that afternoon. I don't, I just don't feel like I can get in. Like most of the places I hunt in Missouri are all like crop fields. Mm-hmm. So typically, you know, they're, you know, they're feeding out there and I, I can't really sneak into them. So I try to get in there midday. So, so I, I just went to a random stand on the third in the morning and then that midday, that midday there, I, I hung a stand and I hunted it that night. Didn't see much. And uh, I was just hunting over a, a CRP field pretty much that had, you know, a cut corn field just, you know, just a, maybe a quarter mile away. So I knew the deer were feeding in the cut corn field and then they were bedding in the CRP. So didn't see much that night. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to give it one more shot. So the next morning I go back there and I have this little small young eight pointer come by. Nothing, nothing that I was interested in shooting. And about eight o'clock in the morning, right after, right after the sun was just breaking, I, uh, I hear a, a, a deer grunt behind me and I'm like, oh man, what the heck? And I turn around and there's like three, four bucks chasing this one single doe. <laughs> She was hot. Yeah, yeah. She was super hot, and uh, so I'm like, "All right, we'll see what happens." So they all they all come out in front of me. They're chasing her around. They're chasing around, and she and she just beds down out in the middle of the CRP. So I try everything to get him to come over there, and of course he's not going to leave that hot doe. I knew he wouldn't, but he had other bucks there, and he was chasing around. I mean, he was snort wheezing, grunting. It's one of those you know those hunts you dream about. Yeah. And, classic uh, midwestern I, november hunt right just classic and uh so and of course i, I video all my hunts so i snapchatted a picture of him in my camera i'm sure you guys all saw it so mm-hmm. and then uh 
I just couldn't get him to break. I mean, I, I grunted at him, snort, wheezed, wasn't doing anything. Well, so they all bedded down in the CRP. And I'm like, well, I can't leave a hot dough. So I hit the, I hit the horns together and two of the three other smaller bucks just stand up out of the CRP and they start looking my way. I'm like, okay, maybe I have a chance here. Yeah. Well, he gets up. Of course, he's not going to leave the dough. The dough just milling around out there and he starts, he starts chasing the other bucks around again. And then they kind of all like work off towards, towards the, towards the West. And, uh, finally, finally, He's not coming my way, and I'm I'm more in an observation state. I'm just kind of trying to get a get a uh, you know see where the deer are going, where they're coming from. This is a property that I I got to hunt last year, but again, I don't get to come up to Missouri and hunt for two months out of the year. It's it's yeah. usually a, a week to two weeks. Right, you got to find your move and then make it quick and right. capitalize on your so, time. So about nine thirty, all the deer kind of work off, and and you know I'm scoping you know scrolling google maps checking checking everything like all right where are these deer going where are they going to come out of so got down moved my stand about 9 30 10 o'clock that morning about 100 yards 100 yards west of my location right kind of where they went in and so i uh i put my stand up headed out left left the area i knew there was a hot doe there but i mean i've got two kids at home that my wife probably driving my wife crazy so i go home eat some lunch and i get back in the stand like one o'clock i'm jacked up you know Mm -hmm. and uh so sure enough sure enough about 3 30 i see a doe pop out of the uh pop up in the crp and i look behind her and it's him again it's the it's that it's the deer i ended up shooting um and he goes out there and he and he mounts her twice you know i'm assuming he got her bread don't know 100 percent. got it done we hope yeah <laughs> but he's he's not he's not leaving her like he's still dogging her the whole time and this I'm time the other up. bucks aren't bucks aren't around him it's just him and her and they're just slowly working my way and i'm telling you you know you how you get that adrenaline adrenaline dump well it was like a roller coaster ride right like <laughs> oh they're coming my way nope they're not <laughs> nope you know they're coming my way no they're not so it was like uh hit and miss for I bet you I watched him for 45 minutes before before I ended up getting the shot on him and ended up uh, uh, mm. pulling the trigger on him. But I mean, he was he was just like literally saliva was just dripping out of his mouth. As he was <laughs> so. I mean, she had to be ready to go. So in that situation, you know, 45 minutes of emotional roller coaster torture. <laughs> when it came down to the shot, are you composed because you had time uh, to map out your shot, or are you a mess? Hundred percent composed. Probably the composed, the most composed I've ever been on shooting a shooting a buck in my life. Very because cool. I because I you know you had that initial adrenaline dump, kind of wears off. Yeah, you know I got it again, and then uh, he was he was out there pretty pretty good distance, and uh, I made the shot count, so it worked out. Fucking That's awesome! Idea. Congrats. Way way yeah. to hold her together, man. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. I, I asked that question because that that's come up before. It's like you have a deer. Would you rather watch a deer come in like that? Would you rather have a big buck run in on you and shoot? And then, and, and I'm different each time. I feel like yeah. you know I'll go through a streak where I'm just cool as a cucumber. Here he comes, mapping out. Okay, he's gonna in that pocket. There it is. So boom, double long. Then I come unglued. 
or yeah. I can't get my shit together. It's weird. And I'm like, dude, pull it together, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Let's go. It's right it, here. Like, you got to get it going, you know? Right. And and don't get me wrong. As soon as I shot him, dude, I lost my shit. You know, I was like, <laughs> I, like I video my hunt so you can hear me in the... You can hear me in the in the video. It's like, holy shit! I just fucking shot him. You know, <laughs> just going crazy. It was it was fun, and and it was almost like it's almost like when you shoot the boss tom turkey, dude. All those bucks from the morning, like knew that he was dead. Yeah, they're coming they in all, to get a taste. Dude, oh my god, dude! They came out of the woods. Let me holler at you. Running around me at like twenty, ten, fifteen yards, just chasing, dogging that doe around again. It was, dude. It was one of those hunts that you like. You of course you dream about, you know, one of those Midwest, you know, love triangles going on. <laughs> yeah, dude, you have to send me that footage so we can put it out on the on the YouTube for sure. I will add it to the director's cut series. Yeah, we yeah. we got this uh, special director's cut series coming out <laughs> to our YouTube. <laughs> yeah, subscribe. Ended up being my my biggest buck to date. So that's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. Way way to keep it together, bro. Yeah. Well, Missouri, man, check check. You're Next. Just, you're just like, I'm going to go back to Texas and get me some brisket with all my liberal friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I went on a killing spree up there in Missouri for, for the, the – I was up there about for about 10 days, so it worked out. I ended up shooting a turkey, too, so that was pretty awesome. Midwest Slam, dude, you get a coyote, you're in the game. Right. That's what I like to call it, Midwest Slam. I got yep. me a Midwest Slam this year. You did. Did you get one? I didn't. I haven't even seen a coyote from the stand yet. Dude, I have a problem on one of my pieces. Dude, they are thick up there, boy. <laughs> it's getting worse. Dude, that coyote I shot in Indiana, 41 pounds. Damn. Wow. And that's a female. A that's a big coyote. It's a female, too. Yep. What I've noticed is, you know, I grew up there, hunted there, you know, up until I was about 21. Um, but what I've noticed the last few years of going up there hunting is the coyotes are bad and the raccoons, dude. The raccoons oh, dude. are Nobody, nobody hunts them anymore. The pelts aren't worth right. anything, so nobody's right. interested in hunting them. I, I wonder how far away we are from having, like, a problem for raccoons, like, for the herd. I, I think we're already there, and I think our turkeys, the Midwest, like, I don't know, at least where I hunt, the turkey population is getting hammered by them. I think, yeah, I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of turkeys. But, yeah, I would agree. Like, I would they have to be. Yeah. We have so many raccoons. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Big nest predators, you know, they get in there and tear up them eggs and stuff. So that's and a big problem. With maybe them. I'm part of the problem because I don't hunt raccoons. I don't know anything. Do you guys, is there a limit on raccoons a day or something oh, like man, that? Man, I can't remember. It's been years since I hunted them. We used to have a blast doing it. Yeah, we should they have uh, a trapping season. Yeah, but can't you call raccoons like they're receptive to calls? I've never done that. I've seen the. Yeah. I've seen Tim Wells doing it. It looks pretty fun. They run in. We'll have to get yeah. the recurves on. Do, we, it, do a coon, coon palooza. Dude, there you go. <laughs> we should do a coon palooza 2021. <laughs> Dude, I'm all in. Dude, I'll eat a raccoon Man, too. That's, that's as redneck as you can get right there. We should, yeah. Hey, we should have a, a coon palooza and skin them up and just make a bunch of barbecue. <laughs> eat, eat barbecued coons. Exactly. <laughs> Damn. Exactly. Barbecue raccoon. Wash my, that down with some bush light. My <laughs> uncle would trap them around his house and he'd spray paint them with John Deere yellow paint and let them go <laughs> and let them go and if, he, if, they, if he catches them again then they're dead that's fine <laughs> yeah, it gives them a chance yeah, that's yeah. your warning yeah oh there's worse colors to spray paint them yeah our raccoon issue is there how many squirrels are there in Texas because super vague question um <laughs> Squirrel palooza. We got squirrel palooza. Oh, yeah. like, am I just into there? How many squirrels you guys got in Texas? Well, I don't know. A lot. A lot. Yeah, a lot. But we, a lot, uh, but 
I talked yeah. to from also from the team, Sean and Dan. They came out uh-huh. from out east and hunted here in Illinois on public. And I'm like, hey, do you feel like we have an insane amount of squirrels? They're like, yes, like it's a problem. <laughs> do you feel that way yep. too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, every time I come up there, they're everywhere. Um, Is there a lot in Texas? I'm sure you guys have there, smaller There's squirrels. quite a few, yeah. Um, I'd say there's more up there than there are down here, you know, but – but, we, yeah, we definitely have a few, for sure. We need to get on that coon control, man, because it's a problem. Um, yep. All right, let's talk Texas a little more. So Texas whitetails, obviously. Yep. When you're from the Midwest, you think hogs in Texas. Right. Yeah. Is that? Big problem. It is yeah. a big problem. Oh, my God, ridiculous. Ridiculous. So on your lease or farm or whatever you got going on in Texas, yep. is it? You know, you're hunting your deer. Do you find your hunts interrupted by hogs often? Occasionally, but uh, typically around our main. So we have feeders throughout the ranch, right? My ranch is almost 2,100 acres, um, and there's nine of us on the place. So, there, I mean, it's about 300 acres per person, you know. So we uh, typically, most times, we have pens around our feeders. We have hog panels, right? So Because if the pigs take over the feeder, deer typically don't like to come in there so interesting yep so so we'll have feeder set up just you know without pins around just to shoot pigs because i mean they're bad they're thick and they reproduce so damn quickly it's ridiculous so, so what what's a big boar way down there i'd say typically we so every year we do a big buck big hog and big doe contest on our ranch and typically the our biggest one on our place is typically around 180 to 200 pounds. Pretty so. good size hog. Yeah. Pretty good size pig. Yeah. What's like the biggest you've heard them getting in that area? I'd say you know maybe 250, 300. <laughs> that's a, that's a big. So are the, I mean they're, they're, you get the occasional giant one, but I don't know that you know I mean they live off acorns and corn and there's just not much to eat down here so. So are they good eating when they get that big? I mean, do you guys eat them often? Is it not? Is it kind of looked at a little differently down there? It, it is. Um, people probably look down on it. Sometimes we'll we'll shoot them and we'll just we'll just haul them off. But typically, typically if I shoot one, I'll typically at least backstrap it. Um, but right there's no there's no season for them. Right, you don't even require in Texas. You don't even require to have any type of license. You can just go out and shoot them with any means, pretty much necessary. Even as a non-resident, can you do that? Even as a non-resident, dude, you can come down here and not spend a dime and go hog hunting. Wow. God bless Texas. Yep. Dude, that's yeah, what I'm yep. saying, man. I'm trying to go to Texas and hang out with Texas, you and yeah. drink a bunch hey, of shitty beer. Talking about hog palooza. Yep. Yeah. Hog palooza should try. <laughs> Raccoons are old news. Hog yeah. is a new palooza. Dude, we got so many paloozas going on. We're not going to have enough time to do all the paloozas. We're going to all be divorced by next year, so we can have as many as we want. Yep. Have a whiskey Y'all come palooza. down anytime. Believe me, whiskey we got palooza. we got plenty of them. Dude, that would be fun. What's cool about it is you can do that like in the off season when you're not messing up oh, your yeah. hunting and enough time yeah. to let your deer get back to calming down and all that. How many uh, hogs yeah. you say you get a year? Like your group. Oh my god, man! Shoot, I'd say between probably twenty to thirty, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and so. you, there's that many. That's crazy. I mean, you always hear about that, but mm-hmm. you just don't. You just don't see it. You don't see it. And 
we get a lot of opportunities to go hog hunting and I'm super thankful yeah. for it. Like a lot of listeners hit us up, but a lot of the time it's just like, man, I just don't have enough vacation time yeah, to vacation right. for, for right. a hog, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I if, mean, you could almost, they're, they're such a nuisance and we got so many feeders that don't have pins around them that you could almost fly down here for a weekend, like come in on a Friday, like take a Friday off or something, come down and by Sunday we should be able to get one, you know. No with kidding. A bow. Hey, oh, I got yeah. flight credits from canceling yeah. my bear trip. Let's do it. And I might. <laughs> you want to? You want to fly to Texas, Austin? Palooza. Let's do it. We got yeah. credits. I'm game. You know I'm down. Fly up like a Friday morning. Fly back like a Sunday night. You can shoot them yeah. at night too, can you? Oh, you can shoot them whenever you want with whatever you want yeah we'll strap the rifles on our back and let them try to get in close with the bow and if that don't work we'll give them the whammy (laughs) Whammy. okay i'm uh let's talk about this that could be fun yeah especially since trade shows are slow yeah hawks can't see worth a shit either so they can smell good so you still got to keep the wind they're they're kind of like deer but they just see really bad so i mean you can pretty much walk right up on them i i kill a ton during spring turkey season um, <laughs> with turkey shots, because you know I'm just out walking around trying to trying to chase turkeys, and you run into a group of hogs and and sh- snag one out of there. So I know Texas has a ton of private ranches and probably right. not a lot of public versus how much land is there. Right? Um, is public land hunting hogs even a thing? Yes, but you got to understand less than. Think how big Texas is. Less than two percent of Texas is public land, mm, um, damn. and and pretty much all of your public land is a drawn hunt, except for pigs. You can you can pretty much hunt pigs whenever you want. No shit. So, but, but you just got to have an annual public hunting permit, and then you can go pretty much hunt pigs on all the public land. No kidding. Yeah. Um, another question. We're just like asking all the stereotypical questions yeah. that Midwestern people would ask tex- about Texas. I got a different one whenever you get done. My question's exotics. How okay. often are you hunting? You just see like a giraffe rip by and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Not on my ranch, never. Uh, but we have had an all dad on our ranch. We had a picture of an all dad at one of our feeders. Damn, and cool. then we had an elk that was hammering our protein feeder. A good, probably 270 inch bull. Oh, shit. Right. Oh yeah, I had just got back from Wyoming, and I go into my protein feeder because one, you know, we have about seven protein feeders throughout the ranch, and I'm like, God dang, that looks like elk shit. And dude, I pull my card, and there's a big old bull elk, and, and we try to get <laughs> on him, uh, but like, I'm not the guy that's gonna go. If I'm gonna shoot the elk, I want to shoot it like like I was hunting it for real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and like that type of animal, you can go chase it at night, but. We, we, I mean, we tried because to get on Because it's non-native it. It or what? Ever. Yeah, they're not native. Well, originally they were native, but uh, they're considered, a, you know, a non-native species, so you can hunt them whenever you want. Wow. No kidding. Yep. Yep. Just... So whatever happened to it? Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't know, dude. It just vanished. Yep. Just Somebody gone. shot it. Some kid Some, shot it. Someone probably had to drive down the road and blasted it. Yep. Who knows? So but, uh, what other exotics have you seen, like? Um, so I got a buddy that's got a ranch out towards, uh, San Angelo Mason area and he's got some axis on there. I've seen a, quite a few axis and he ended up, he's killed a couple good axis bucks and he's got a bunch of axis does out there. And then I saw, I sent you guys that picture of that stag that was shot, yeah. um, on my buddy's lease. He's got a lease. 
Jeez. just out some random place. And... Where's you that big bastard? Texas. <laughs> Oh. Texas. I mean, dude, it'd be like, so fun to so, check cameras down there. Right? Yeah, you never know. But like, we don't have the we don't have the exotics in my area. It's just it's hit or miss, you know. But uh, but there is a lot of places where they they run, you know, run wild. Especially Axis, man. Axis breed like rabbits, so they just take over the populations. And and if you guys haven't heard, I mean, Axis meat is probably the best. Is this? A lot of people say it's better than elk. So, what I, I hear that a lot, and yeah. we have been getting uh, some invites from a listener. Shout out to Caleb um, about coming down there to hunt Axis, and he sent oh, me dude. trail cam pictures of just like studs. And yeah, and I told him like, dude, as soon as I get I get one more week of vacation this year, I was like, man, I, it might be on. Like, we're going to come down, yeah, and podcast. You I'm should de- like, yeah. If if he's not, I mean. Typically, like that's why I haven't even shot an axis. It's gonna cost me like twenty five hundred bucks to go on a ranch to shoot an axis. But if if somebody's inviting you down to come shoot an axis, dude, that would be so freaking cool. I, I would love to do it. I think they're beautiful, man. I, I would love to have the mount. Cool looking. What's so good about the meat? What's different about it? I I don't know. I haven't got to eat a lot of it, but I mean, I mean, I pretty much live off wild game, so I I eat everything I shoot, so I like it all, but. Um, I couldn't tell you a big difference in, in all of it. Everybody just says it's better, but I wonder if it's more like beef and that's why, I mean, cause right. it's hard to beat a good beef steak, but yeah, interesting. We got all kinds of exotics down here though. Fallow, black buck. I mean, sounds like, like a redneck Africa. There's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of yeah. high fence ranches around too that you'll drive by and you're like, you know, my head's like I drive by these ranches all the time. My head's still on a swivel. I'm all like getting ready to run off the road. Like, oh shit, there's an axis, there's a black buck, there's a foul. You know, you see all kinds of shit. I've I've only been to Houston Airport. I've never actually been to Texas. You know what I mean? Right. Like, been I've out never, and about. Yeah, never been. Uh, <clears throat> I drove down and stayed in Galveston one time. That's that's kind of a cool town, Galveston. Yeah, I want to go to Texas coast. now, man. Yeah, we should go. It sounds fun. I'm, dude, I want to come kill a hog. My my question is, how uh, how much do you listen to Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard and Dusty Hill? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you got a Texas – there's a whole whole thing of Texas country music down here that's different. Like, people don't even, you know, know half the people. I mean, there's a few big names, but uh, – ZZ Top, man. They're, that's been yeah. my number one band since I've been, like, five years old. I'm, like, a hard, really? hardcore impressive. ZZ Top fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a rocker, dude. I love it. <laughs> through and through. <laughs> Texas sounds fun. Um, do you like your ribs with sauce or no sauce? Uh, no sauce. So – uh, Dan and Sean, when they came out, they're both great cooks. Like, yeah, they, they make me feel like I failed my own taste buds and my family's right. taste buds when it comes to cooking. And I'm sorry, honey, Dan made, yeah, <laughs> Dan made ribs and I felt uh-huh. bad. I didn't mean to like it. I don't think he took it as an insult, but I felt like he did. Uh, not really, but kind of, you know, um, and I didn't mean anything by it, but he made ribs that with no sauce i'm like oh you guys want some sauce and he's like no dude trust me you don't need sauce yeah. for this and i'm like fall off the bone yeah i'm like all right let me try this best ribs i've ever had in my life no shit. Yes, sir. oh my gosh dude it it blew my mind how good right. they were and i'm like oh this is different i'm about to hit him up so texas might be the spot for yep. sauceless ribs but and that's a texas thing right oh yeah i mean barbecue is a big thing in texas 
Yeah, we are. Uh, I'm probably not the best, but how dumb we are about Texas. It's like a foreign country the way we're asking about it. Yeah. <laughs> North Mexico, baby. Uh, yeah, I love it. Redneck Africa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Redneck Dude. Africa. Yeah. North Mexico. Texas is a lot of fun, man. There. I mean, yeah. You know what's funny about all this? I'm asking all these questions. I have no, don't know anything about Texas. My dad has lived all over Texas. Lived in has Texas. Has he really? Yeah. He, um, I think he lived in Austin for a while. Probably the reason why he has skin cancer because he did roofing in South Texas on the border oh, as a as a pure white boy with blue eyes. Um, but yeah, he lived in South Texas for a long time. I think he lived in he might have lived in Houston and Austin, Texas. Might have yeah, lived in cool. Boulder, Colorado. He's lived all over, man. Um, but yeah, I think he spent quite a quite a few years in Texas. Um, nice. But I know is it's a nightmare to drive in Houston. That town people. All the major cities in, yeah. in Texas are fucking horrible. Isn't that weird? It was like nothing it, but construction so the whole way. It was horrible. Yeah. Man, God bless Texas, man. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. Hey, yep. let's let's talk about quick, you know, let's uh, stop annoying you with Texas questions. Like, we're just, how dumb do we seem to people who live in Texas? <laughs> They're like, you dude, motherfuckers I never do. been here? Yeah. <laughs> like For the first Midwest few here. years, it was, like a, it was like a new world to me. I was like, you can try and hunt around feeders and you can do this and Holy shit! And it took me a few years to learn it, and then now I just dove into it. So, well, it, we only seem super dumb to the people who live in Texas, but I think a lot of our most of our listeners are primarily Midwestern boys and gals. Right. So they're probably either like, "Yeah, we've been there. We know like these guys are stupid," yeah. or they're right there with us, drinking bush right. right down their face hole like us. Well, just no, no one really talks about tech. Well, they just talk about yeah, like the barbecue, and and shit, was, but no one talks about. I honey. was wondering how many Texas listeners y'all have, and like. Uh, like kind of, you never really had anybody on from the south, really. No, 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 not 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 especially like Texas specific. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Right. Like it's a different world. It's it's a place to if you want if hog is on your list. I mean, that's a spot, right? That's you what's know? cool oh about our God. team. Yeah, well, yeah. well you know somebody. Yeah, we got yep. we got people from we all people corners from, of the country. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and, and I love just seeing. Seeing it, how you know how everybody hunts and everybody posts in their group, and it's just it's just cool to see the differences. But yet, it's like a big, a big, you know, just crazy cool team. You know, yeah, we got quite. We, it's like the perfect combination of good people, man. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm thankful for it. Um, off of Texas now, I want to talk. So you just did an over the counter Colorado elk hunt, right? I sure did. Yeah, I uh, went up there and. Um, my schedule didn't work out. I went, uh, I tried to hit more of the rut, um, which I probably should have hit more of the opening, opening time frame. But we got out there, me and one of the guys that actually hunts on my lease with me, him and I went, um, over the counter. And then we met one of my buddies from Missouri out there and we had a hell of a time. It was, it's so much fun. Like, I don't think I'm going to miss a September going out West somewhere. So, um, it's just it's just a different world out there. It's just it's like it's like you guys coming to Texas, different world. Then you go out west and it's a different world, but it's it's just so much fun, right? Mm-hmm. Got in we got into a, you know, a pile of elk, you know, we we left here, we had it was a we could drive our foilers in to a certain point, so you know, we brought our foilers out there and we were I mean, we were just camping up in the back country for for about 10 days and uh we one of my buddies he got a shot on an elk. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, we. I mean, we got there right after the snow. There was a big snowfall, and there was like eight inches of snow on the ground when we got there. And 
That'd be brutal. Uh, oh, it was it was brutal, but like there was no like initially when we got there, no everybody left. So it was like there was only a few people there, only the hardcore people. And I'm like, no, I'm not leaving, dude. Like I I came to do this, you know. And and I've shot an elk before with a rifle out in Wyoming, but but I like I'm addicted to bow hunting now. Like like it's pretty much taken over my life. But uh, we were out there, and and my buddy got a shot on a on an elk, and we didn't end up finding it. He had a high shoulder, Shit. and uh, yeah, and uh, we tracked it for a long ways. I think she's she's still fine. It was a, it was a cow elk, but I mean we got in on two good bulls. Just you just can't control the wind out there, and it's it's but it's so much fun. Like just being out there in that environment, everything's just crazy awesome so it's a it's an eye-opening experience man to do like a, a public land elk hunt in colorado i've done it once yep. i want to do it again um like really soon like i was yep. like like so soon i was on um phelps game calls looking at bugle tubes and yep. shit like yep. today on lunch break <laughs> like i'm I, I'll, i'm going I, back soon i don't know exactly when yeah i'm gonna so my thing is I've been building points in Wyoming. I've got a lot of elk points and a lot of mule deer points in Wyoming. I've been building points in Montana. Um, I'm going to go, I'm trying to go just in the next few years in Colorado just to kind of kind of learn that, learn the, learn how to do it. Like, right. I've never, nobody taught me how to elk and I just kind of was like, dude, if I don't start doing it, you know, I'm 33 years old. Like if I don't start doing it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, every year that passes me by if i don't if i don't go out there i'm gonna you know it's gonna just put me put me behind the curve and i want to shoot one with my bow i've already shot an elk with my rifle a cow elk but i'm gonna shoot one with my bow and like and we we had our chances i mean we should have closed the deal on a couple but uh um it's that's an adrenaline rush like no other you know it's it's just man Gosh, and it's an adrenaline rush because the the preparation that builds you right. up to All get work, to the yeah. moment is even more. Right. Oh my god! Like you're like, dude, I drove fucking twelve hours, yeah. drove fifteen hours. I I <laughs> hiked up, you know, five miles to get to this to this, you know, few seconds of craziness, you know. And it's 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 an adrenaline rush like no other. And and I'm telling you, I'm not going up there without a black bear tag. Black bear tag because, dude. We saw black bears all over the place. No kidding. Oh my god! It was black bears were there like crazy, and mule deer does. We didn't see any real good mule deer bucks, but where I went in Colorado, yeah, I guess it was like a really sought after mule deer unit, and we saw some studs. Yeah. Like back really? up in there, you know, we saw some studs, yeah. and it would have been hard to right. even hunt them. Like we just jumped them, and we're like, "Oh shit, it's a good muley buck." But yeah. Man, there we we ran into black bear hunters, but we never saw any bear or any sign of bears or anything like that. But what you guys had to do with that fire, right? Yeah, um, we I got bet. we got cut short. Yeah, we were on elk and we got cut short. So it yeah, sucked, I bet I bet we saw seven seven black bears, and I bet you four of them with are in range of a bow. No shit, jeez. Yeah, yeah. We just we would set up sometimes in the evenings, um, you know, and just try to catch the elk coming down to feed. And just randomly, here come bears walking up by us, like no kidding, like it was nothing. And we didn't have a black bear tag, so I'm not going up there without a black bear tag. So. All jet black bears, or any color yep. phase, or anything? Well, I didn't see any color phase. They were all the ones we saw were were straight black. Cool, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it'd be a good little bonus tag to have in your pocket. Oh, yeah, for it. sure. 
That's awesome, man. I mean, anytime over the counter elk public land is no joke, but it's it's yep. more it's an even bigger task for some midwestern type guys because it's so yep. foreign to us. You yeah. know, it's it's one it's a big deal to like spend the money, go out there, right. wing it and the terrain is completely out of our wheelhouse. Um, yep. It's just a different world for us. Yep. I always say, like, the tags, right, they're expensive as shit, right? But go ahead and get all your, like, slowly pick up the gear that you need. You know, if you're a working class kind of guy, just that's kind of what I did. You know, I kind of got all my gear now. So, like, really all it is for me is a $700 tag, right? Yep. That's that $700 is a lot of money, but, like, dude. You forget about that $700 real quick once you hit that area. Yeah. And, like, dude, there is there is nothing better like i probably unless my schedule just doesn't allow it i'm probably not going to miss very many falls in the in the west anymore especially in september because we don't really start whitetail hunting till till october anyway down here so yeah i'd really like to do like a three week true backpack we did a week when we went but i'd like to do like three weeks in because you get a chance to get in there figure some stuff out, get deeper than everybody else coming and going just from the trailhead and back to the trailhead every night and yeah, just see what it would feel like to like, like get on a real, a real, yeah. Huh? yeah. Yep. Disappear yep. and then come back out and be like, yep. what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Where kill, am I? Kill or not. Yeah, like, sure. What's <laughs> the internet? Two weeks. I think you need to dedicate at least two weeks. If you're, if that's the only hunt you're going to go on out West, at least dedicate two weeks to it. And uh, get yourself in shape, you know, like that's that's going to be a killer out there because, you know, the terrain and the elevation, you just can't train for the elevation. Nope. Uh, it gets a lot of people and people get homesick. Like I don't really get homesick because, you know, I've spent years of my life outside this country, you know, and oh, yeah, that's true. weeks yeah. at a time. Like I don't really get homesick. Like I can I can go and be away and. I've got an inReach that I can text text my wife. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Must you know, have is an inReach. Love you. Bye. And then I'm I'm golden. You know. Yeah. But a lot there's some people that that have never been away and they just can't deal with it. So you know it's all you know a lot of stuff's in between the ears. You know you got to be you got to if you're gonna do it you got to mentally prepare as well as physically prepare. So well I think that's the difference in going solo like Clint Casper style, which is tough. Yeah. You gotta go with a buddy or two that's gonna be on the same like level as you. Like you guys are gonna motivate each other to get up when you're tired and don't want to and go. Mm -hmm. But also the buddy that like in between the serious stocks and the misery, you guys are like laughing at fart jokes and shit. (laughs) Yep. You know lifting each other up, dude. Just don't the you know the biggest killer is being negative, and you just gotta stay positive and just yep. fucking keep grinding. Like your fucking legs and hips and everything <laughs> else is gonna be hurting you, but just just keep going. Yeah, that's. I think that's why we hit it off so well with the Buckstorm boys. Is that's the first time we ever met them. They yeah. met us out there yeah. and we're like, all right, we're going elk hunting in the back country and publicly in Colorado. And we get hit points where we're like delirious from being tired and hiking. We were sitting there yep. eating a snack, like getting through the day here, like trying to make a game plan, and we're just like naming different drainages after like <laughs> famous hunters like yeah. i want to we were rolling like some of the stuff we were talking yep. about it's like we're so tired and exhausted that we're like in another planet talking yeah. about yep. but it's so fun so fun i, wanna, I love elk wanna, hunting it's crazy oh, yeah. I, I actually started hunting elk with a bow before i ever hunted a whitetail with a bow so that was pretty cool wow. I, I was 14 and just got into high school and dad pulled me on i was in school for like five days and I was going out to Utah to hunt elk, 
and actually oh actually God. killed one that first year with the bow. Holy cow! First day? No, no, last day of the hunt. No kidding. Yep. With uh, with a so bow cool. too, with the old High Country Ultra Force fifty nice. fifty pound bow and fifty yard shot. That's awesome. Just dropped the bomb. The old aluminum arrow with the thunderhead broadhead. <laughs> Fucking right. Nice. My <laughs> the God. old XX seventy five. The Lord. Baby. <laughs> that is awesome, man. It was crazy. But our our camp was a little different. So we could actually take four wheelers up like ten miles and then set up our tents and then just drive another mile or two up to the hunting spot. So we didn't really have. I mean, we hiked quite a bit, but it yeah. was nice because we could take four wheelers like right up to our spot. So kind of nice. a different kind of a different vibe than a lot of elk hunts. Yeah. But very cool, very cool camp vibe having all the tents around and stuff. That is awesome, man. It's fun, man. It's a different experience. And, well, hopefully people listen to this and it gets them motivated to either, you know, check out a Texas hog hunt or a whitetail hunt or maybe think a little bit about that over-the-counter or whatever state elk hunt. So Right. We're not getting any younger, right? I know, man. You got to get after it. You got to get out there and you got to do it. And uh, I look at it like I got a good 30 years left and uh, I'm going to take advantage of all 30 of them. So. Hell yeah. That's right, dude. Well, thank you so much, man, for joining the podcast and sharing the stories and kind of educating us about your foreign uh, country of Texas. <laughs> Texas. Um, I hope it doesn't turn into California. But if it does, at least all the hogs will eat all the liberals because they won't know how to get away. <laughs> right. They won't know to deal, how to deal with them. <laughs> hey, I, I think if I come down and kill a hog, I'm going to turn the whole thing into chorizo. Hey, hey, big old breakfast sausage there for the year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. Mm. That's right. Chaz, thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was a good time. Fun. First podcast ever. Yes, sir. Pop and cherry. That's right. That's Ooh. right. Phil, thank you so much, sir, man. We appreciate your support with the team and being a part of what we do and, and kind of helping yeah, us spread the good word. And man, hopefully uh, we might be planning a hog palooza, uh, whether you want us yeah. there or not. Me and Austin might just show up. Yeah, we're just going to show up, on. knock on your door. <laughs> Cold Casey's pizza and a bush light. <laughs> Let me in. Yeah. Let's kill some Let stuff, man. In. All right, man. For sure. Anything before we go? Man, just uh, everybody stay stay positive, stay motivated, and it's all between the ears. And uh, get out there, and there's a lot of season left, so let's kill some kill some deer. I still got a good one I'm after down here, so. Cool. Well, good luck, man. Yeah, good luck. It's all between the ears. I like that. All right. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.